It's 6.33 p.m. Uh, and I'd like to call the HCDC meeting to order. Uh, for agenda item number two, uh, it's my pleasure to share that we have a new member, uh, Ms. Patel. Uh, and I'd like to take this as an opportunity uh, for us to uh, briefly introduce ourselves. If you could share your occupation and your relevant experience to HCDC, I'll go first and then we'll just carry on. I'm Kale Bining. I own Iowa Landscape and then I also do affordable housing, uh, development and property management. Hi everyone, my name is Kieran Patel. I, I'm a GIS technician I, with the county I, in the auditor's office. Um, and well, I do real estate there. Uh, and then um, I'm, I, my hobby is activism. So spend a lot of time on issues related to this. I'm Marianne Dennis and I'm semi-retired. I have a part-time job, um, but I have a lot of experience in the development of affordable housing. My name's Becky Reedus. Um, I'm retired, um, although I do some temporary work periodically. Um, I have uh, 45 years in nonprofit uh, management um, and served as an executive director to three organizations. So my background's in nonprofit management. My name is Nasr Muhammad. I am a quality assurance engineer working for LeapFrog Technologies. Uh, I like to, to work for non-profit. I am part of the Sudanese community organization. I have uh, three years in this commission. My name is Carol Croats and I am not working. I'm a retired disabled person and my background is in nonprofit management at the executive level. And I um, was selected by a national organization to be one of their 12 representatives to go into their member associations across the country and help them resolve issues that they were having. Um, I've written a lot of grants in my lifetime and um, I've been happy with some of them and not happy with the results on some of them. So I know what that's like. Um, um, I have a cat who um, really is my child. Her name is Buttercup, and she's sick right now. So if you could like, you know, have happy thoughts for her, that would be good. Anyway, that's me. Erica Kubley, Neighborhood Services Coordinator with the city. I'm Brianna Toole. I'm a planner here with the city. You're up, Kyle. Oh, hi. I'm Kyle Vogel. Uh, I've been on for a few years now. I guess a couple years now. I'm almost done, maybe. So um, I'm part of a property management team. I'm president of a property management company here in town. Most of my 22 years, you know, 25 years has been residential multifamily and or condominium homeowner association. That's, that's where I'm at, so. Uh, and I am uh, Michael Eckhart. I've been here just a couple months. Uh, I am a mechanical engineer. Uh, with Modus Engineering, we do uh, engineering for construction projects, so I'm in the construction industry. Thank you. Moving on to agenda item number three, are there any edits or corrections to the uh, meeting minutes? Yes, I have one correction. Um, it states that I was present for the meeting, the last meeting, and I was not. Okay. 
May I have a motion to approve the February 23rd? So uh, moved. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carried. Uh, agenda item number four. Are there any public comments for items not on the agenda? Chairperson, isn't isn't uh, this on the agenda? I mean, as part of the funding. I mean, it is a discussion, but I think now is a good time for it. I mean, to at least gather the resource. Well, I I guess I'm just questioning: Are, are we hearing from agencies again tonight, or? I'm just I'm just questioning whether this is on the agenda as part of the funding. Will you be accepting public comment on the agency I think if we have public comment, um, as long as it's under uh, five minutes, yeah. that sounds fair to you. So, so anybody could get up and speak on in, any of the agencies that want to. Yes. Okay. I'm fine with that as long as everybody yeah. else is, has this a This looks at like it. just informational about the program and not necessarily. I, I understand, but, yeah. but it's on the agenda tonight, so. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm just here to provide a little bit more information about our program so that you guys are aware um, who we are. Um, average day for families in the transitional housing program is 24 months. In some cases, they're eligible to receive a one-year extension. Services offered to those that are in transitional housing include case management, so parenting, budgeting, family readiness, substance use counseling, mental health counseling. They have to have a substance use mental health due diagnosis to enter our program um, and have to be experiencing homelessness. We also enroll them in a grant called the TIE Grant, Treatment for Individuals Experiencing Homelessness, where they get additional supports. Um, in the past, we've used money to update apartments needed due to water damage so that we could move families in that were not in great housing situations before, improving their lives and the environment. Um, aid to agencies funding is used mostly to expedite move-in dates for our families. They're experiencing crisis in housing, and one barrier that we have is we typically use Section 8. Actually, we do use Section 8 housing through Iowa City Housing Authority to help fund our program so they're who's paid, who pays the rent. Um, but a big barrier we experience is that our families are in housing crises and they don't often have a permanent address or documentation to provide for Section 8 in order to fulfill that process. So what we've done is provided them with the apartment early um, and given them a safe environment to start their recovery with us and then Aid agencies has helped um, cover that bridge before we get Section 8 involved. Um, so we wanted to share a quick success story. Due to assistance through aid agency funding, a young mother and father this summer were moved, able to move into their apartment early. It was a lifesaver. She had 
a five-month-old child that was on oxygen receiving additional care post-delivery. She was homeless and utilizing the Ronald McDonald House. The time there was up, the baby was getting discharged from the hospital. And so we had them move into transitional housing, made it easier to attend regular checkups at UIHC, um, and whilst the mother could start on her recovery and continue, she participates in groups at CFR, attends Alcoholic Anonymous meetings, and works with our peer recovery coach regularly. Both parents have been able to maintain sobriety while in our program. The Department of Human Services closed their case because of their success. Um, the baby was involved in DHS because it tested positive for methamphetamines. Without early move-in due to agency, agency funding, covering rent while qualifying for Section 8 housing, there would not have been anywhere for them to go. So we really appreciate um, the, the help, and we just thought it would be helpful for you guys to know a little bit about what we do and how we serve the community. Thank you for your time. Uh, moving on to agenda item number five, the legacy aid to agencies funding reconsideration. Council has asked that we do not, on the sole basis of technical difficulties, disqualify community and family resources, as well as Center for Workers' Justice from receiving funding. So we now have the opportunity to reconsider our previous funding recommendations, excluding the technical difficulties difficulties encountered by the applicants. Is there any discussion or reconsideration of the allocations from the FY24 legacy aid to agencies funding recommendations from the January meeting? Is it possible to just revert to what we had agreed on when we first took those into consideration? What was it in November? Didn't we set those levels then? But then, and I know I wasn't at the January meeting, but that was where the the commission decided well let's take into consideration that they were late and that those changes were made can we not just revert back to what we all agreed on in november for those levels or was that not an option i wouldn't uh, right now that wouldn't be an option for me oh okay um and, and i'll tell you why um i actually would like staff to explain a little bit more um <clears throat> about <coughs> the zero funding recommendation for CWJ. A um, couple of issues. There were items that, um, well, in the application, there were items where they were going to provide services outside of Iowa City, which isn't permitted with the, these funds. Um, there were some uh, lobbying and advocacy items in there also that wouldn't be considered appropriate. And then if you could speak a little bit about um, they received money for ARPA money from Iowa City, Johnson County, North Liberty, and Coralville. Do I have that correct? And so I would want to make sure that funding that might come from this group to CWJ is not going to be overlapping with funding they're already receiving. So. That's going to be difficult um, unless you know, you know, unless we know what they were funded for, um, what activities that they were, was it different than what they've asked for funding from this commission? The ARPA funding is specifically for wage theft, so they received funding, I, I believe it's over three years from different um, local entities. Okay. 
how about um, anything else that had to do with the zero funding recommendation from the city staff? Um, I think the only thing that you haven't mentioned is just consideration for financial oversight um, um, with the agency. Um, I think, first of all, I'd just like to say that um, my comments at the last meeting were not only because the applications were late. There were other considerations that I took into, and it, one of those was the staff recommendation. So, I mean, the council, I watched the work session. The council is pretty uh, adamant. You know, we provide recommendations. The council can change that. They were very thoughtful about, you know, going, uh, expressing their concerns and uh, actually very complimentary on the work that we do, which I appreciate. But so I think, you know, if we want to go back to the original one and then that's fine with me. But the memo that came out in our packet. Um, about the policies that are t determining the use of aid to agency funds and eligibility. And one of the, the second recommendation from the, the committee was for greater transparency in the decision-making process. Example given full funding to top-rated applications or partial funding based on objective scores. And um, that's kind of what I had brought up the last meeting because there were, they, the scores were clumped in the 80s, and some of those applicants were cut, and um, that's where I thought we did, weren't terribly equitable. So all of, the, all of the applicants are worthy. All of the services that they provide are essential, um, and it's just too bad we don't have more money. It's too bad we don't have more money that we can't fund them all. I guess my um, thought on funding um, at this time um, is also um, I, I haven't changed my view since the last time, and that was that I didn't agree with funding them, and there were and and a lot of it was because of the other considerations. I placed some emphasis on the lateness. Um, but there were other problems with the application itself. And then, you know, like the staff has said, the financial oversight of the organization, there's a big question about that. And the score um, was very low, almost half of what the top score was. And so I just feel like at this time, my opinion is that um, you don't fund them at this time. Thank you. And again, I do appreciate the city council's input. I uh, I agree with uh, with the city council on the on their consideration for this matter. The lateness shouldn't be the factor determining for funding this organization. And this organization also scored low because some fellow uh, commissioners decided to give them zero in their application. So when you receive zero in one subject, 
the overall score will be low, absolutely. Did you, so I um, gave my scores. Uh, did you incorporate and did you come up with a new score for CWJ? We didn't change what was in the packet. Um, the last time, I think it was Kyle, when he submitted late scores, we did a late handout and used that as you can make your case on why you feel it should or shouldn't be funded. So my score was, I don't know, 61 or 62. I know it wouldn't have, it might have gone up, but they're still under 70. So um, if you look at the application, and they're describing services. The first section is all worker um, abuse and wage theft. And so I'm assuming those are the kinds of things that are getting funded under ARPA, correct? Yeah, yeah I believe it's, um, I believe so. I believe it's staffing that is mostly being funded with ARPA. Okay. Um, so under affordable housing, um, they're, this is where they're doing, um, advocacy and um and lobbying with state legislature and that was considered inappropriate for this this funding um so under education they want to expand osha standards and safety work, work, workshops to residents outside of iowa city not sure why that would be in a proposal for iowa city funding but nevertheless it is um develop worker innovative worker community safety councils in Iowa meat packing communities again outside of um, Iowa City so you've got a couple of things underneath there um, education um, increasing capacity of workers to overcome language barriers hosting tenants rights workshops to educate tenants those um, could be um, considered but you know there's a great portion of you know what they say they're going to use their funds on that that you know would be ineligible so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the staff recommendation on this i i think that the staff you know have looked at um the application um and considered it i know despite um it was a late application so it got considered from staff and staff um, recommended no funding. So that's what I would recommend. Um, I, I would have to agree um, with Ms. Reedus. I think just looking at the uh, scoring and the recommendations uh, that did come from staff, uh, they match up with our uh, decision to not fund. Um, excluding that, that basis of the technical difficulties. So I'd be in favor of following our previous recommendations as well as the uh, staff recommendation of no funding. As a matter of just a question, if for some reason this commission does vote for to stay with the staff recommendations and have no funding, and it goes back to the city council, the council at that point can overrule us and, and decide what they want to do, is that correct? Yes, I believe that's correct. I think that's a fair way to do things. In which case, we're just sending back what we already sent them. Right. Correct. No, no. No. Now we're we're taking away the late factor and. But still, even with that's that what, consideration. Yes, but that's what they asked us to do. Right. But I'm saying that that doesn't affect 
Right. It would not then be affecting what the January decision was that was sent to them. Correct, because right. it wouldn't be taking into account the late factor. It was the other issues with the application. I believe the, I have to believe the council will um, give the commission's recommendations a fair shot. They always have. I'm going to count on this commission to, or this council to do the same thing. It seems to me like I'm hearing a consensus. Would we like to take a vote now? Well, I, I have another question, though. Um, community and family resources, am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. Has not been discussed at all. So don't you think that one deserves a discussion also based on what council recommendation was? To see if there's any changes. I mean, to be fair, Caleb, it wasn't discussed much at council either, so this seemed to be a CWJ issue, but um, I think we should at least discuss whether or not anybody wants to change their vote on C. And I guess my argument there is even not taking late into consideration, which, you know, in November, I, I was a, a proponent of not taking late into consideration, and, and those were even then... I believe we all agreed that there wasn't, uh, I guess, uh, enough from the application to fund them. Uh, so I, I mean, I, maybe that's why council didn't talk about it because I, I think even even taking that out of consideration, none of us thought uh, at that point it was unanimous not to give funding. I mean, the only one we had any disagreement on really was the Center for Worker Justice, and, and it was really based on do we or don't we. Um, I mean, I would, I think I'm probably the average funding recommendation probably is the 5,000. I mean, I, I am a believer a little bit in the fact that we've made these new people legacy aid to agencies and it feels weird to go ahead and let them in and in their first year asking for money to say, no, we're not gonna give you anything. Um, but I was also against making them aid to agencies legacy too. So I, yep. I, I am absolutely fine with with the recommendation that was made here in January um, you know it was that recommendation was made I think even taking away the consideration of the fact that those two were late which like I said I, I didn't think that technicality mattered overall but even with that it sounds like this committee for both of them still is of the opinion that those two are just don't get funding this year based on the strength of their application yeah, um, I'll just say that I did score them as I was asked to, and I scored them at 30, so it won't raise their score. I tend to talk too loud. <laughs> I'll turn it, it back won't, on. It won't raise their score at all. So um, I just wanted them acknowledge that that we were asked to not consider two agencies' um, late applications. So I'm fine with what you said. I make the motion, oh, I'll turn it back on, just make sure I get it on the record. I make the motion that uh, we, after consideration of the applications on their merit, minus uh, any consideration that the two were returned late, uh, that we send City Council our recommendation uh, back to City Council as presented from the January meeting. 
All in favor say aye. Don't you need a second? Oh, sorry. Second. So that would fund CWJ at 15. Oh, no, I thought the January no. one was nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was. So the November recommendation was okay. when I convinced I'm, everybody okay. to let me Got have 15 for them, but the January recommendation was, I'm going to turn this back on, the January recommendation was what was presented that council okay. wanted us to reconsider, and I, my motion is that it's been reconsidered and we present it back to them as it was presented after January. I withdraw my second. All I'll second it then. Okay. He withdrew his second. Okay. All in favor say aye. Can you aye. actually, can you go around the room and do a roll call? Oh. Uh, just a vote? Yeah, just say yes or no. Okay, uh, could we vote? I would vote uh, yes to. Yes. No. Okay, I have to understand yes to stay with the zero funding. Yes. Okay. Abstain. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. I think you need five to pass. One, two. You need a majority of those present with Kieran abstaining. I think that's four in favor, correct? We have five in favor. Total. Five in favor. Okay. And we pass regardless. Yeah. Okay. Motion passed. Moving on to agenda item number six, uh, the emerging aid to agencies funding recommendations. Is there any discussion or consideration of the FY24 emerging aid to agencies? If you can't see the screen, I did print out handouts for you. Well, we have uh, 1455 remaining of the commission average recommendations. Do I read that correct? Do I read that correct? Sorry, what was the question? We have 1455 that's unallocated yet. Based on the average recommendations, that's true. But for emerging aid to agencies, each award needs to be at least $5,000. Oh. So the average for Iowa City Sober Living came out to just over 2000 so you'd have to tinker with that a little bit. So the choices there are to, to remove it or to fund it at least at five. Um, I was not at last month's meeting. Can somebody just real briefly explain to me um, the community transportation Um, re recommendations it was a, a group looking at doing a study 
on how to increase nighttime on access. Sunday. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's right. I remember now. Okay. Thank you. They were asking for staff time or something, weren't they? Right, to run. For something they're currently not doing. Right. Yeah. When does uh, Iowa City Sober Living become operational? Do you, does anybody remember staff? You could answer that too if you wanted. <laughs> I don't know that I could speak on behalf of their whole application, but I know they wanted to acquire a home within this year. Okay. And so the staff recommended zero funding and because they are not operational at this time. Well, I, I, I propose we remove the 2515 from sober living and add it to the 1455 and reallocate it to one of the other four agencies or whatever. What was Iowa City Compassion again? Trail is the seniors getting help with chores stuff, right? Right. What was compassion? He wanted to hire a staff person. Um, I, not really. <laughs> I, I've got It the, was for volunteering and then there was another, was there a cafe or something? Oh, the, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. trying to find the link on the I have resources site and I'm oh no do I have it oh, yeah I have it down let's see Iowa City Compassion you guys Here remember Erica Bree what that one was I just have to make it a little bigger so I can read it I think part of it is um, the global food project I'm just trying to think if we reallocate, where, where is that reallocation going to make the most difference? Um, Can I ask a silly question? Is this one of those groups of funds that if there's money remaining, it can go back into um, the greater fund for use at a later time? If there's remaining emerging funds, are you saying? Um, yeah, is that what we're talking about? We'll want to expend all the funds this year, whether it's through this. So this is part of the aid to agency pool. Part of it goes to legacy and then up to 5% can go to emerging. If you don't spend it on emerging, you'll want to spend it, put it towards a legacy agency. I see. Um, if you don't spend it, you're not going to get it back next year. Okay. So it's, it would behoove us to spend it. Right. Okay. So. If we, if I'm not suggest, I'm not saying we have to, but if we pulled the money from Iowa City Sober Living and added the 1455 balance, it gives us 3970, and we could divide that by two and add it to the two lowest, which would mean 
9560 to Iowa City Compassion and or IC Compassion, I'm sorry. 7415 to trail. That's what, I mean, that's just a suggest that's one suggestion can you repeat your number again Bucky can you repeat your number yep um, for icy compassion um, adding 1985 to their 7575 would bring it to 9560 mm -hmm. and for trail adding 1985 to their 5430 would bring it to 7415. I'm trying to remember um, what trail in their um, application they were asked talking about expanding a service. And I can't remember what it was. Well, I think they were offering scholarships for low-income seniors. That's what it was. Really what they were looking at, so. Yes their memberships to be members to get assistance yeah I agree with that because there's a lot of uh, um, income insecure seniors and, and and it's a it's absolutely a what's the word I'm looking for population group we don't see come through with requests for money through here very often I, I mean I, I was surprised it's not a program I'd even heard of until he presented it last month so I'm I mean it yeah I mean it would be I think it would be worthwhile and it would absolutely help because their membership stuff wasn't that much so them it would make a bigger difference for them for sure to be able to fund more um, well they were asking for 9,000 so it gets them a little bit closer yeah. to that and it gets closer to staff's recommendation I mean that puts almost everything in line with staff recommendation aside from uh, our healthy kids school-based clinics being a little higher but I mean, I, I think that's in line with, with what our goals are. I mean, I, um, I do hope sober living can come back in the future. Um, I, I think it's important, especially those, those salary, those salary needs are real, you know, to have an on-site manager for sure. But um, hopefully after that gets up and running, it'd be nice to have them come back in a, in a later round of stuff. I agree with that, Kyle, and I also agree with uh, what Becky's proposed. Well, I, I'm going to um, move that we fund emerging agencies. Um, the recommendations for healthy kids would be 11,300, Iowa Legal Aid, 9,300, I see Compassion, 9,560, and Trail, 7,415. I second that. All in favor say aye. 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 Me opposed. Motion carried. Uh, moving on to agenda item number seven, the CDBG and home funding recommendations. Is there any discussion or consideration on the FY24 CDBG home applications?
So for shelter house facility, DVIP shelter new construction, uh, Breer, Eric, can you guys, are they, are they not, they're not eligible for home, right, under those two? So they both have maxed out what we have, which is just the 240 available under CDBG. Okay. Correct. Uh, neither of the projects received any of the ARPA funds. That was a question we had, correct? They, they went to neighborhood centers and free medical clinic, I believe. ARPA funds for construction and stuff. No, they didn't receive the capital, the yeah. ARPA funds. So, so really everybody is funded fully based on staff recommendations, just in general, aside from 110,000 left in home funding, but there's, is the recommendation not to give even 110 to the UAY because that 110 wouldn't be enough to, to support the project? Is that, is that where that staff recommendation is coming from then? I think our concern was um, that project being able to meet our home underwriting criteria. Typically when people apply, they'll fill out a pro forma. That's just a projection on what their mortgage is gonna be. We have to show that a project can cash flow for the period of affordability. So when you have a large award like that, you're looking at 15 to 20 years of compliance. So we have to be able to show that that project isn't gonna fall apart in that time. So our concern with that project specifically was uh, meeting the home underwriting criteria. But if we chose to fund 110 and then they failed to meet that criteria, the 110 would just flow back to the city? It depends. If the project was to proceed and fall apart in the middle, then that money has to be repaid to HUD and we would not get that back. If it were to fall apart before we paid for anything, then you're looking at um, federal spending deadlines as the issue. So that was part of our rationale there. How long has UAY been, I guess not in existence, is it, I mean, how long has it been around? Is it? 50 years plus. 50 years plus? The same, so, yeah. So we're not concerned about UAY failing. We're just concerned about this particular project failing. I, I'm just. It's a great project. It, and I think uh, had it been a stronger project, it had gotten a really high score from me um, because uh, I do think that um, trans transitional housing for youth is, is extremely important. Um, I would hope that they can correct the deficiencies on the application and you know come back next year with a better one. That's what I'm hoping, um, at least the message I wanna get out. <laughs> because it was, you know, it, it, they received a low score for me and that's tough. Um, doesn't indicate my support of the agency at all. It's just, I agreed that the home writing under, uh, the home underwriting wasn't finished and you know I'm concerned about giving them 25% of the funds that that they requested and that they wouldn't be able to fund the remaining 75% then we get into a situation where we have to take funds back and um, that's not fun and then I also it was also my lowest too I just was yeah. curious from a from a discussion obviously from council about us you know putting funds and trying to make sure everybody gets a piece of the pie. I just wanted to make sure I understood where that recommendation was coming from since we did fund everybody else fully. That was all. So what happens with 110? Well, hold on, hold on. Sorry, yeah. If we give, I think UAY, their preference would to locate a property like an eightplex or 
two fourplexes or something. And they asked for $800,000. All right, $400,000 from HCDC. Um, but $110,000 is $110,000 more than zero. And perhaps um, if we were to give them or recommend $110,000, they may be able to find something. Now, they might not be able to find exactly what they want, but they might be able to, at least they would have that, they would have that committed so that they could at least keep planning and keep, at least try to do something. Could they also use it as leverage for, to uh, other funding sources that they seek out? Absolutely, I would think so. Yeah. So you're proposing 110 to UAY? Sure. Can we at least start put some stuff up in the screen? And I guess that's kind of where I was coming from with my question, which is, I mean, you mentioned if they fall way down, you know, if they fall through halfway through the project 10 years from now, I guess my concern is, I mean, do you not see UAY being able to make good if for some reason it falls apart? And, and if you've got an organization that's been around for 15 years, you've got an organization that has a big footprint presence in that community, in the community, I, I just don't know if that's a, that's why I said, I don't know if that, that would be a concern for me. I feel like if we can fund any of it, then we should fund it. I mean, they, yeah. Well, and then, and then if, if we recommend an amount to UAY and then it doesn't get committed, it goes back into the pot, correct? And, to, and then we could reallocate it at some point. Depending on how it all times out, typically like a project would need to meet our underwriting criteria before we could commit it. So you're correct about that. Home typically requires a two-year commitment deadline and then a four-year completion time frame. So. Right. so if they can't, within the next two years, they would have at least two years to get that committed mm -hmm. okay. and meet the underwriting criteria. Right. We usually like to see projects moving within the fiscal year, but it is a two-year okay. commitment. But if they weren't able to get that, let me see if I understand it, that money would come back to HUD, it wouldn't come back to the city? If it was not committed and we didn't spend any money, yeah. it stays in the city. We would, But we have spending deadlines where we need to allocate that, so the funding cycle is a long process. So. Okay, so that would be money that we would need to allocate to someone else on this list? Meaning now or if the project no, were to fall apart? If the project wouldn't, wouldn't work out. In theory, yes. In theory, okay, great. Well, I'm... I'm sorry, haven't you ever, has the city ever had a special round? Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes we'll right. do mid-year rounds. You have a special round to, yeah. because when the deadline's coming and the city thinks, the last thing the city wants to do is send, send money back to HUD. We, and we, at this, as commission, we do not want that to happen. So, you know, if we all know the time frames and everything, then if UAY can't use this money, then it would come back to us and we could do a special round or we could put it, you know, somehow, somehow get it spent. So, um, I, this is where it really gets hard for me because, um, 
there is just not enough capital money for nonprofits. Not enough capital money for nonprofits. I'm going to say that again. They have a hard time um, raising capital money in the city because um, you're competing against you know, big entities like the U. So very difficult, but I am, I'm going to propose that the other 130 um, go to Shelter House for the facility improvements, and I'd like to explain why. Because I know that that is a difficult thing for DVIP to hear. It's difficult for me to say, but um, I am not as interested in a second <coughs> round of funding to DVIP as we've already um, funded them um, some money on this construction project. But I do think that if I'm correct in what I've read, they've got a, um, a phase two. Um, and so I hope that, you know, I, I would assume we'll see them come back for a phase two funding. With shelter house facility improvements, um, I know some people can look at it as um, being uh, an existing facility, but I look at it a little bit different um, in that I'm, I'm not sure how long ago that shelter, <coughs> their main shelter was um, uh, built, I want to say around 12 years ago. And at that time, well, in the, that 12 years, shelter services has, have evolved a great deal um, to the point now where they have, um, they're open 24-7 and with the mental, uh, with, the, with the clientele and the uh, escalation of crises, I think that physical uh, changes to, that are proposed in their application are uh, very necessary, both the physical changes and then I'm not sure how to classify that. I guess it's a physical, the sound barrier type things. Um, I kind of had to look them up to see what they were. What are they called? Baffles or? The sound baffles. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't know what they were. It, it reminded me of the crisis center when we hung like these foam things outside the, the, the call room to try and absorb call uh, sound and it didn't work. But um, increasing a line of sight, um, putting the physical barriers so that people can't hurl themselves off of a stair is all important. But, you know, when you're, when you're trying to de-escalate a crisis, I think that um, a sound barrier is important so that it doesn't escalate um, uh, among other individuals. And the line of sight for the staff, I think, is very important in terms of not only for safety of, sta of clients and those involved in the crisis, and, but also in staff. And it's difficult to get staff to work in a, um, a type of facility where, you know, there is danger to themselves. So I... I re really do think that shelter house services have evolved from my knowledge of what they were and what they are now. Um, they do more winter shelter, um, so during extreme temperatures and also um, the heat um, uh, sheltering also. So my proposal would be to give shelter house the 130,000 with my regrets to, deep regrets to DVIP, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and it may not be taken, I mean, it may be voted down and that's you know fine too, but um, with the hopes that 
um, DVIP would, you know, I consider their phase two to be a new project, and I'd be much more interested in, in funding that. So that's my spiel. Just to make sure I'm hearing you right, you're saying the full $240,000 to Shelter House? Well, that was my proposal, but I'm, you know, uh, if, if we're going to, if we're not going to fund um, UAY 110, then I would propose um, meeting Shelter House's um, request. If we do decide to do 110, I could support that and give 132 shelter house 130 shelter house 110 to uay so are you UAY suggesting that fund. money be right. taken away oh, from uay, UAY is, home is home funds oh shelter so, house yes. is cdbg so two I'm sorry yes funds. thank you for clearing yeah. that up no, yes no, no. yes yeah i knew that too okay. so i'm yeah. sorry yes so so you're not suggesting that money be taken away from dvip or yes yes I, yeah my proposal was to fund them at 240 yeah your proposal is to fund Shelter House at 240. Right. But then you want to take, you want no funding to DVIP? Right. That was my proposal originally. And then I thought we were doing UAY out of that no, same no, money. No, no. I, yeah, I got confused about that, so. So the 110,000, okay, so let's stick with CDBG right now, if we could, and not get into home right now although we did a little bit earlier, but um, the shelter house $110,000, remind me what that would cover from their application. Was that the stairway? Mm-hmm. Staff, that's a question for you. You recommended $110,000. I believe that was the stairway and then some security features. And can you remind me what uh, DVIP was asking their 130,000, or what the 130,000 uh, recommendation was for? It would go towards their capital campaign, phase one of two, doubling the size of their current shelter, or doubling the size no. of what they currently no. can provide. Right, but it's new construction new for construction. a new shelter. Right, yeah. New construction that hasn't started, but would be added to their capital campaign. Right to give it a boost and that's the way that's the way I read the application was it was is that right staff yes it's it would be adding it to a already existing construction project they were funded one time previously with CDBG funds for the same construction project which typically is not eligible but since we funded it previously with federal funds we've completed the environmental review and other things that would be an issue in that typically I would like to see DVIP funded. Uh, having um, worked with an agency that had um, a domestic violence shelter program, um, it is so necessary and so needed, and yet there have been a lot of cutbacks within the uh, normal grants that they might get from the, from the um, state and from the federal government that um, I, I can see funding the DVIP for their construction. I, all, I agree also with funding DVIP, but I would rather to split the 
240 between uh, the shelter house and the VIP, 120 and 120. I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you meant. Okay. Just splitting the 240 yes. evenly between the two. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I, okay. I can see that, especially considering that, is it my understanding that the, the staff recommendation, the fact that they are, that they recommend a DVIP for more funding, is that, oh, well, I suppose this, the staff scoring was also higher on them, but I was gonna say, uh, is that influenced by the fact that they requested more money? Ours was based on score, and that is confusing with the way the spreadsheet is set up. This spreadsheet is sorted by HCDC score being the highest, so. But considering that the uh, HCDC scores are very, very similar, I could definitely, I think I can get behind moving it to be just evenly split, uh, 120 and 120. I, I find it very hard to say to fully fund one or the other, just because, again, it is, both of these are incredibly necessary and it's, and it's difficult, but I think that it's, it, I, it's not ideal, but I think it would be fair to fund them both equally. I can go for that. I would agree to fund equally. I knew I had a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say, we just wish we had more money. We don't have enough capital money in this town for nonprofits. I'll just say it again. So do you want a motion on the CDBG? I think you can vote on it all together once you're done with the home okay. side too. And, and just to clarify, the home side, everything is fully funded and there's still 110 left over. I, my recommendation is that we give it to UAY. I, I, I think the ability to even buy, even to get a down payment or a new construction or start the process of procuring even one duplex or one fourplex is is worth the investment by this by the community and i think you're dealing with an organization that's that has proven itself as far as its its long-term <coughs> commitment so that's where i'm at on it i mean i, I you know <laughs> I don't know just a little bit is. about the 110 or what was that that you said in terms of that's where you get 110. What was left? The 110 at the bottom is what's remaining yeah. after, sorry, Caleb. I'm looking after at the, the wrong thing here. staff recommendations under home. So I have a... There was $658,000 available for home funds. If, if we fully funded everybody on the, on the home fund side at what they requested, that would leave 110000 unallocated right now. And I'm my sorry. recommendation was to give it, to go ahead and and give it to UAY for the rental acquisition and rehab. Okay, I apologize. I was looking at the wrong worksheet here at my table. So, so I have a question about that, um, and I'm not opposed to that at all. In fact, now I, I was thinking 110. I think that's why I got confused because that was what the shelter house's recommendation was. But if we did vote to give UAY 110,000, could they seek any additional funding for the project in the next budget round or would they be ineligible because of those 
you know, CDBG rules where it's home funds, Becky. Oh, it's so not okay. CDBG. Thank you. You have to keep saying they're that to me. They're totally different regulations. So we don't have we don't have to be concerned. We could give them another round of funding, right? I think you could, but then you run the risk of other projects coming in too. It'd be hard to guarantee it. You know, it's possible. Yes, if that's your question. The other thing that Erica and I were talking about was um, we had asked for the money to be set aside for general rental acquisition, meaning that UAY could be a project that would be eligible for that. We were just asking for the 110 to be set aside for general rental acquisition to give us more flexibility if it didn't work out for some reason or if another agency came in faster. Could you? When, so if we do that, when would that agency ask? I mean, would it be like open? Yeah, so it would be in the plan as rental acquisition. So if an agency came and applied, we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't bring it back to the commission. It would kind of, we would be able, we would have the flexibility to award that project as staff. But that so, project may not be I mean, that, it could homeless be youth, transition living. It could Correct. be just right. any general. Right. Because you have to open it up to everybody, right? Yeah. How do right. you reach all the potential applicants? Um, in this situation, it would just it would just be available. It would, we wouldn't. We, I don't know that we'd actively seek that out. It would just be available if a project came up. So if UAY came and was ready to proceed, we could allocate that money to them. I would rather earmark it for UAY. Me too. Because then they can at least get started and and try and get some other funding and. Can I? And so I. At least they would know. I guess I. You gotta I, dive if you want to talk. You gotta dive in. I guess I just remember when I was going through the application on the question of what they would do if they didn't get fully funded. It sounded like they were saying that they wouldn't particularly have anywhere to go with the project. Was what they put in the application, and I really I really support the project. But I, I do just worry, and I guess I was going to ask, if we earmark this for them and they can't get this funding, is that is there a potential that could become a liability for them needing to bring this in? If we earmark this for them and they can't follow through on it because we didn't provide them with the funding that they requested, and they've said that, they, that there's not a lot that they can do if it isn't fully funded, particularly to this degree. So the question, I think, is where does the money go so they, they would have two years, we, we have two years to commit the funds, so they essentially have two years to um, get to get their plans, locate their property and, and proceed with that. I, I guess you'd already, you'd already, I guess that question kind of already been answered that it's, they have to do the underwriting before the funding will be committed and then until then. Right. And in that two year period of time, because this is home funds, they can, <laughs> they can they could apply for the next round of funding, correct? For additional funds. Is that correct? Yes, I believe so. I think so. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. Right. Or they can go out and find more capital or they can go out and yeah, do their own dance marathon, whatever, whatever it takes in town to raise funds. We need to put you to work in a nonprofit and see how hard <laughs> it is. <laughs> We need Caitlin Clark to raise the money for right. us, a big, yes, a big event. IL action for our final four team, that'd be great. Yes, thank you. Per personally, I, I would have to agree with Mr. Bogle. I think that we should uh, include the 110 uh, allocated towards UAY. Um, 
despite them having a relatively low score compared to the others, it appears to me that the others have all been fully funded. And I think that it's a great opportunity to just maximize their impact while it is available. And I think even if it's not their full amount, I'm by no means a commercial underwriter, but in my experience that might have the ability to help them with their capital stack to secure additional funding. And I, I would just see it as uh, personally a little bit of a waste opportunity and potential and what we can uh, do to help them, even if it's not uh, to the fullest of the request. As others have mentioned, we, we do have limited funds and I think it, it would be best to do what we can do. Um, one other thing I wanted to say about the scores is that, um, and I just more so wanted Housing Fellowship to know that um, one complete section of my scores did not make it into the total. I did not score them at, what did it say, 174. I scored them at more like 294. And I just wanted that to go on record. So my score was much higher for them for the rental rehab. Can I ask a question um, other than UAY, is there agreement with the staff recommendations? Is that what I'm hearing? Do you want me to fill that into the sheet to see what it looks like or where yes. are you at? Yes. Okay. Please. Yeah. I would make the argument of taking away all 300,000 of the city of Iowa city down payment assistance and giving it all to UAY, but I, but I know I wouldn't have anybody else on board with me, but I think it's a better use of funds, but that's just me. You know, the thing about, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm going to throw it out there because if I didn't say anything, I'd feel bad with myself later for not. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see what you're saying, but, but I tell you that that program is one of my favorites because it, hits a population of folks that is is sandwiched um you know they they have a difficult time finding I know. programs and and so that one's kind of near and dear close to my heart i like that one but this kind of falls back for me back to the what we talked about earlier with the senior citizens which is we we don't have a lot of programs come by here though that is addressing homeless transitional homeless youth and so it is tough for me to get behind just getting more down payment assistance from the city to get a family into a $180,000 home, you know, versus being able to possibly help, you know, a hundred or, or more, um, you know, homeless teens every two or three years. So that, that, that was the only thing that kept rummaging through my mind on the whole thing, which is, I, I, I think it's a great program it just comes back to, gosh, how often do we see a program in front of us that is addressing this very particular unit of need? I, yeah. I will say that honestly. Well, the thing, the thing that really impressed me about the Iowa City Green State and Hills project is that um, both of those lenders yeah. have agreed to keep those loans in-house right. 30 years fixed. Right. which is huge yeah. that those are not going on the secondary market and um yes so that that was my hope that's why i, I agree with it and I, having that kind of private public partnership is just incredible yes, it's agreed, a yeah. so i'm with you i just like and it might down the line help 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 somebody like uay right but yeah. the thing that i've always had this you've heard me say this many years 
I just have this issue with the city staff applying and the city staff reviewing and scoring their own application. But that's how it always goes. But anyway, because otherwise the city could just say, we're pulling $300,000 out of the whole pot and giving it to this project. So I guess it's good that you come through the process, but. Um, I also had some issues with how, I they, never, I, how they said, well, it's really whatever, like 2.5 million and this would be only 300,000. No, it's only a $300,000 program for a $300,000 down payment assistance program. I get that it's going to go towards people having one point whatever million worth of property eventually, but it's, it's really them asking for 100% funding from here for the down payment assistance, which is really the core of the program. But that's, like I said, that's just me being me. I, yeah. <laughs> I would like to chime in on the uh, Green State, um, or sorry, the City of Iowa City, Green State, and Hills down payment assistance. I, I had an opportunity to go and uh, tour where those funds actually have been uh, put into place and developed. And it's, I may again be biased and not to uh, discredit UAY by any means, but it, although it, it was a numerical lower number of people that may appear to have been affected, the, the deep level of uh, fulfillment that that brought into their lives was it was very heartwarming for me to see personally their their families that are are growing up there they're changing um, excuse me if I'm miss uh, allocating but I believe it's the SMID program uh, that's that's working somewhat in coalition to help uh, rejuvenate rejuvenize um, some of those neighborhoods and I've seen firsthand just the amount of effort that they're putting into it uh, the, the families that are affected and, and how that's changing the families. And so even though the, the numerical amounts uh, lower, I would, of people affected, I would, uh, I'd, I personally wouldn't discredit the uh, down payment assistance program for Iowa City, Green State, and Hills uh, based on the numbers just because I've seen firsthand. And again, I, I don't mean in any way to uh, discredit UAY, um, but I'd, I would like to chime that in there. They're a small number, but it, it was very effective from what I saw. Well, and I think like there's a ripple say, effect. Oh. I think there's a ripple effect, too. I mean, it's like the old broken window. You know, not that that happens in Iowa City, but it's, that's the old broken window <laughs> theory, you know, that if, I mean, it's neighborhood stabilization, neighborhood improvement. Neighborhood revitalization, yeah. yeah. Well, and in the, just um, for the recipients, of those loans um, there's just a great um, feeling of permanency in their residence because out here in the rental market trying to find places in Iowa City is a horrible horrible experience um, I have been through it a number of times and so I can see how families who do get this down payment assistance can can have this joy in their lives of knowing that you know they're on their way to home ownership. Exactly. And once again, and I, and I don't. Let I me. Mean, I just. I in no way don't approve or think the program is great. Like I said, I, I just felt I. My only concern was once again the fact that we have UAI coming in with a program that that addresses a very specific need we don't regularly address here, and we have in my years seen a handful of down payment assistance proposals come through here that we funded that, that address 
similar to this. And that's the only reason I brought it up is I, because I do think it's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, in the end. I, I, I think it's a good point. I think it's a good valid point. And Are you proposing that we reduce the down payment assistance amount and give more to UAY? Well, we're going to be here longer. <laughs> and so I guess, sorry, excuse me, but I'd, I'd like to kind of clarify on, on my uh, previous point. I, I think that the ripple effect, as you mentioned, is if I don't know any specific numbers, but if we're allocating 300,000 and say the median down payment amount is 30,000, that's, that's 10 houses within a community of perhaps 70 homes that we can really really make a difference. I think it's more of a good communal effort, at least in my mind to me personally, it's more of a communal effort and a reinvestment into that neighborhood as a whole, um, rather than into those individual homes, which is why I feel strongly. It's 20 homes, I think, so. I think um, yeah. Last time, did we, 15, I, did we fund it? I think it, it didn't get the amount that it asked for, correct? Yeah, the last round of the spunning when we first did this project, I think we got 128,000. I don't remember what we asked for, 300,000? Yes, I think you did. I, th I think it's a, almost the same proposal. Yeah, we received partial funding the last time. And, and how long did um, it take to um, administer all those, uh, the 15,000 in, in, in down payments? That was awarded through a mid-year round, but if you... We expect it will go through this year, and if we are award funding, we'll we'll be able to continue the program. The program will be continuous rather than stopping and waiting for more funding to come. Okay. So it's 20 homes is what it is, what it works out to. Okay. Yeah, because they have to put in five of their own. The purchasers have to put in five of their own. And then, yeah. So if you did 15 homes, I'll just throw this out, okay? <laughs> 15 homes. Um, at 15,000, that would be $225,000, which could essentially give another 75 to UAY. I'm okay with that. I would support that. Like, like honestly, I, I, I kind of had the same exact thought that you had, mostly just because I have, well, I have a, I have a very strong Bias, I suppose, towards creating non nonprofit housing as a longer term sort of uh, creating a longer term effect on affordability. So I, I suppose I could uh, I could support moving some some over for that. So with the down payment assistance, um, is there a resale agreement or a deed restriction? I mean, there's a term of affordability, right? Okay. It's 10 years usually. 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the green was. The green state was here last time and talked. I thought that's what. It, yeah. I'm sorry. The 10 years is the amount of time that they need to stay in that home. Well, they can stay forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't get kicked out. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that for me in case my brain wasn't working correctly. Did, um, well, now I want to go back to the UAY one because it's not fresh in my mind. Um, did the UAY in their 400, their whole proposal 
uh, the, the budget was 800,000, I believe. 400, they were asking from us, and did they get a $400,000 commitment from Housing Trust Fund, maybe? Yes. Okay. I believe that's in the application. So was that there was no funds committed in the application. They were pending, I believe. They were pending. Housing so, Trust Fund grant for above project, other local funds. Yeah, it doesn't, it just said 400,000 